Welcome to Frank Fryer Fridays. I have a very special treat for you today. Maybe some of you will be listening on Christmas Day. The student brothers here at uh, St. Dominic Priory in St. Louis have uh, taken part in uh, this special broadcast. We're doing the first couple scenes of Dorothy Sayers' The Man Born to be King. Some of you may know Dorothy Sayers as a mystery writer. She wrote the very popular Lord Peter Whimsey novels. And certainly she is a very famous writer in England and beyond, and also a very devout Catholic. And she wrote this as a series of uh, radio plays, this uh, The Man Born to be King. And we are going to do the just first couple of scenes. It would, she did this over many weeks, I think. It's, it's quite a long treatment of the entire life of Jesus Christ as a, as a radio play. So I want to thank all of the brothers that have participated in this. The narrator and what's called the evangelist is uh, De Porres and Herod the Great, Jacob. Uh, I play uh, Elpis, the Queen Herod. Ephraim uh, was our brother Greg. And uh, Proclus is uh, Joseph uh, Culligan, Cullen. Uh, the slave boy is Augustine, the court physician. And high priest is uh, Brother Carlos. Zorastes, the chief astrologer, is our other brother, Joseph. Secretary is uh, Sam. The three kings, Caspar is uh, Jordan. Melchior, Andres, Balthazar, Peter. Mary is played brilliantly by uh, Matthew Paul. Joseph, husband to Mary, is played by our brother Joseph, appropriately. The shepherd is Augustine. Uh, Zillow, the son of the shepherd, is our brother Sam. A messenger is Greg. And, oh, and I play the shepherd's wife as well. So I hope you enjoy this. It was certainly a lot of fun doing it for you all. God bless you and have a blessed and happy Christmas and a wonderful new year. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Four, six, two, oh, stop screaming, you idle monkey. You throw, Captain. Five, three, six! You win, Proclus. What was all that noise in the street last night? Right under the palace went windows. Disgraceful. A bunch of fools who've got a hold of some rumor or other. Aha! Three sixes. Beat that if you can, my lord. After you have all the luck. Rumor. What about? Oh, nothing. Just an excuse for rioting. They're saying in the marketplace that Judea is to have a new king. Eh? Now then, my lad, none of that. You have no business to repeat such a thing. It's treason. T'wasn't me. Those strangers who arrived yesterday told the doorkeeper that... You heard what I said. You didn't shout. I've got ears. So's a donkey. Long ones with fur on them. They get that way with listening to gossip. Well, have it your own way. But all Jerusalem's talking about it. That's quite enough. You hop in, my lad, and take that confounder musical box of yours with you. 
Stay in the antechamber, and when the strangers present themselves, show them in. Oh, all right. If I catch you talking treason again, I'll have you whipped. There's no king here but King Herod. You understand? God save King Herod. And no emperor but Augustus Caesar. Get that? Hail Caesar. That's right. Now clear out. And you shut that door after you. <clears throat> Jackanapes! I say, Captain Proclus, I don't like this at all. The king's a very sick man. When he dies, there's going to be trouble about the succession. I'm more or less backing Prince Archelaus. You're a Roman. What do you think? Will the emperor support his claim? No idea. Soldiers have no politics. One must look after one's own interests, you know. I hope to goodness that there won't be a civil war. Not if Caesar knows it, there won't. There has been a strong ruler in his time, but between you and me, he can't last out for you. That's bad. These things leak out and cause a lot of unrest. Some firebrand might get up and start a movement for Jewish independence. They better not try. You know that 7,000 Pharisees have refused to swear allegiance to Caesar. They've got the king's brother on their side. They say there's a big conspiracy afoot, and that Prince Antipater is heavily implicated. Antipater? King Herod's favorite son? They're sitting on the edge of a volcano. These rumors are a bad sign. Jerusalem's full of riffraff come up to register under the new census. The least thing might be to set a match to the fire. Only last week there was a story going around about angels appearing at Bethlehem and proclaiming a new messiah. It was only some country bumpkins. Potty as like as not. Who are these strangers the boy was chattering about? Anybody that matters? Heaven knows. Foreign princings of some kind with outlandish names. They say they are astrologers that brought the king a complimentary message from the stars. Then he may see them. Herod was a weakness for fortune tellers. He says he will see them. As a matter of fact, they're about due now. I only wish someone would tell my fortune. But these magicians are so unreliable. This way, my lords, follow me, my lords. King Caspar, King Melchior, and King Belshazzar, desiring audience with King Herod. <clears throat> Good day, my lords. Pray be seated. For I go and inform his majesty that these lords have arrived. I trust, sirs, that the king will be able to receive you. But you know that he is an old man and has been ill for many weeks. We're very sorry to hear it. You will be careful not to say anything that may vex him. He will be glad of our embassy. We are messengers of good fortune. To him and to his son, the heir of Judea, the great and mighty king that is to be. That's very interesting. Which son? Captain Proclus, please, not so loud. You see, gentlemen, the political situation is a little complicated. If you are fortune tellers, perhaps you could give me a hint. We are not fortune tellers. Make way for, for King, king Herod. Herod. Only a hint. Be quiet, you fool. He's coming. One must look after one's intentions. King Herod. King Herod. God save King Herod. Set me down carefully. If you shake me, your bones will pay for it. There are slaves here. Will, will it please your majesty to lie on this couch? In my chair. In my chair of state. Fool and traitor, what would you make of me? I am King Herod still. 
And for many a long year, please God. You are a hypocrite. You think and hope I am dying. You are in league with my traitor sons, who would snatch at my scepter before my carcase is cold. Don't deny it. I have seen you licking the hand of Arculus, fawning at the heels of Antipater, plotting, plotting, nothing but plots and treachery. Alas! Oh. Why should your majesty think so? We are all your most devoted, loving, faithful subjects. So every traitor says. You had best be careful, my lord Ephraim. I am the king's dog. May the plague light on me if ever one, if ever one disloyal word or thought. Bah! Oh, sir, what my royal husband is in this mood, it is better not to cross him. His sickness makes him impatient, but it will pass. Doctor, give me something to ease this pain, though I dare say you are in league with my heirs to poison me. Heaven forbid, sir. Heaven, or somebody, will know how to deal with you if you play tricks with me. Now then, who are these foreign princes, and what do they seek at the hand of Herod, king of Uri? O king, live forever. I am Caspar, king of Chaldea. I am Melchior, king of Pamphylia. I am Balthazar, king of Ethiopia. Royal brothers, you are... Oh, most heartily welcome to my queen and me. We are magi, humble searchers after the hidden wisdom. My lord and I are the more honored by your visit. We love the company of good and learned men. To you, King Herod, and to the whole realm of Judea, we bring glad tidings from the high lords of heaven. Glory and dominion to the uttermost ends of the world, and the promise of an everlasting scepter. That is good tidings indeed. Therefore, O King, in the name of the Most High God, we pray you to grant us our heart's desire. Ask what you will. Our royal bounty and favor are open to you. Show us, we beg you, the noble child himself. Child? What child? Show us him that is born King of the Jews. We have seen a star in the east and have come to pay homage to him. Sirs, I do not understand you. Do not deny us. We've journeyed many miles for this. We know that the boy is born. Nine months long, the hosts of heaven were troubled. Fiery Mars glowed like gold in a furnace, and Saturn's leaden cheek grew pale. Jove himself, the imperial star, was smitten and afflicted between the sun and moon in the constellation of the Virgin. While yet it lay beneath the horizon, we felt the coming of the star, and marveled what this might be. And in our books we read how the truth should be made known in Judea, and in the house of the Lion, which is the house of Judah. Judah! You have touched him nearly. He is an Idumean, not of Judah's line, I beseech you, my lord. What are you muttering there? Proceed, sirs, proceed. And then we took horse and rode across the desert. And as we sat by night beside the waters of Erebo, we saw the rising of the star. Between the midnight and the day it stood, burning upon the cusp of the first house, Lord of the Ascendant. And all the rulers of the firmament were gathered to do it honor. Never were such conjectures seen in the horoscope of any earthly potentate. Then we knew that the hour had come, 
when he that should establish the kingdom was born a prince in Israel. Have a care, you little lords. Who sent you hither to mock me? Indeed, sirs, you do not know what you are saying. I think there's treason here. Who sent you? Herod. Herod. I say, who sent you? Answer me, or I will have your ancient and lying tongue torn out by the roots. Our commission is from the gods, and from the god of gods. Villains and mountebanks, you shall be racked and paled, crucified. Herod, my lord, dear husband, have patience. I warned you not to vex him. Pray, sir, control yourself, you will be ill. Leave me alone, you fools. Noble kings, learned magi, I beg you, forgive me. You took me by surprise. You see what I am, an old man, stricken with disease. No son has been born to my queen Alpheus and me. Sons I have, but they are all grown men, with sons of their own. There's a grandson of mine that shall sit upon my throne and rule my empire. My lord, we do not know, but it is written in the heavens that he that is born shall be both priest and king. Priest and king? Priest? Are you sure? So it is written. This is serious. You do not know the history of this kingdom. For many years it was torn by wars and rebellions, till Augustus Caesar took it under the protection of Rome. Under his imperial mandate, I assumed the crown. For thirty years I have kept the peace, by force and policy. It has not been easy. There have been continual revolts against the Roman order, all made, do you understand, in the name of religion. Pardon me, your majesty, not with our approval. As the high priest says, not with the approval of the official priesthood, who know better. Religion has been the pretext for political ambition. It was I, Herod, that broke the power of the Hasmoneans. They were the priestly house. They claimed to sit upon this throne and rule as priests and kings. They were traitors to Rome and to me, and I slew them. I slew my own sons for treason. I slew my queen, my first queen, Maramini, whom I loved, my queen and my sons, whom I loved. Sir, do not distress yourself and I. They were traitors. Their children are traitors to this day, conspiring against me, conspiring against Rome, looking always for the warrior Messiah that shall lead them to victory and independence. But there is no security in independence. The only safety for this country lies in playing her part within the great new order of imperial Rome. My lord, it is written in the stars that the man born to be king shall rule in Rome. In Rome also? What do you say to that, Captain Crocus? Nothing. I am a soldier. It is my business not to say, but to do. If Caesar wants deeds, Caesar will command. Mark that, sirs. You prophesy, Herod reasons, but Caesar will command. My lord, if your majesty's dog may presume to speak, may not these learned kings have made some error in their calculation. After all, we have no confirmation. Your majesty's court magician have issued an official prophecy in connection with this Arab alleged astral appearance. That is true. 
And why not? Are they in the plot as well? Here you, Zerastes, what are you doing there? I see you, skulking behind the skirts of the high priest. Have you nothing to say about this? Hey, come out, my lord, chief astrologer. Come out and speak the truth. Who has bribed you to hide things from Herod? No, no, no one, my lord. No one? Uh, of course, no one. Stand up, man. Look at him now, white as a sheet, his knees knocking together. Tell me, you dog, have you seen the star these wise men talk about? The star? Oh, oh, oh yes, 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 my lord. A very bright star indeed. Quite, quite remarkable. And what do you make of it? Oh, oh, oh king, live... Uh, live forever. The, the favor of the king's face is brighter than the stars. Uh, uh, doubtless, my lord, a most happy conjection of fortunate planets, uh, of ever-blessed augury for Jerusalem, and for the high, mighty, and resplendent house of... I've heard all that before. You've read the Jewish prophecies? Uh, yes, mag magnificence. Where do they say that the Messiah of the Jews will be born? Sir, it is said, that is, it, it appears most probable... The high priest could tell you better than I. Out with it, then. High priest, where will the Christ be born? Presumably, my lord, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written in the book of the prophet Micah, Thou, Bethlehem, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth, that is, to be ruler of Israel. Bethlehem, eh? Then, my wise princes, you will not have far to go. Though I doubt if you will find much when you get there. A very squalid little village. It is not usual for kings to be born in such a collection of mud walls and sheep coats. Boy, tell the groom of the stables to, to prepare horses for these gentlemen and set them on the road to Bethlehem. Immediately, Magnificence. And now, withdraw, all of you. I would speak with these royal astrologers in private. And hark ye, keep your mouths shut. We are the king's slaves. God save your majesty. We are all Caesar's slaves. Hail Caesar. Hail, Hail Caesar. Shut the doors. Gentlemen, you see how I am placed. Men call me tyrant and autocrat, but I am not my own master. The grip of Rome is on Judea, and I cannot openly countenance revolt. But if it please heaven to raise up a leader in Israel, then I am ready, heart and soul, to strike a blow for Jewish independence. May I trust you? It is no part of our commission to betray the counsels of kings. It is well. Now tell me, when exactly did this royal star appear? Twelve days ago we beheld its light in the east. Twelve days. In the house of the lion, the lion of Judah, the house of David. It may be so. Bethlehem is called the city of David. Did you know that? And the scriptures speak of Bethlehem, priest and king. Have you calculated his horoscope? What sort of man will this be that is born to be king of the Jews? Prouder than Caesar, more humble than his slave. His kingdom shall stretch from the sun's setting to the sun's rising, higher than the heavens, deeper than the grave, and narrow as the human heart. He shall offer sacrifice in Jerusalem, and have his temples in Rome and in Byzantium, and he himself shall be both sacrifice and priest. You speak mysteries. Tell me this, 
Will he be a warrior king? The greatest of warriors. Yet he shall be called the Prince of Peace. He will be victor and victim in all his wars, and will make his triumph in defeat. And when wars are over, he will rule his people in love. You cannot rule men by love. When you find your king, tell him so. Only three things will govern a people. Fear and greed and the promise of security. Do I not know it? Have I not loved? I have been a stern ruler, dreaded and hated, yet my country is prosperous and her borders at peace. But wherever I loved, I found treachery, wife, children, brother, all of them, all of them. Love is a traitor. It has betrayed me, betrays all kings. It will betray your Christ. Give him that message from Herod, king of Julie. Sir, when we have found the Christ, true, I have forgotten. When you found, find him, return and let me know. We must work quickly and cunningly. The patriotic party only need a leader and a name, some name that will unite instead of divide them. They will not support me because I am not of Jacob's house. If I myself go and swear allegiance to this royal child, then they will all fall into line behind me. But first, we must make certain of the boy. May I rely on you to bring me news at once? These intrigues are no affair of ours. Yet to whatever end a man is born, to that end he shall come at last, no matter how dark and devious the way. We are all instruments of destiny, and Herod himself but a tool in the hand of God. If it be my privilege to restore the kingdom to Israel, then blessed is the house of Herod. You will do me this favor and guide me to the king's feet. The high gods permitting, we will certainly do so. I thank you from my heart for your visit, your good news, and the great opportunity you shown me. Herod is grateful. Forgive me. I find it difficult to move. Do me the favor to strike upon that gong. Remember, no word of this to my people, if you value your, your young king's safety. We will be silent. Your majesty desires? The princes are leaving immediately for Bethlehem. See them to their horses, and send me my secretary. Farewell, sirs. Heaven speed your quest. I hope you may not find it a wild goose chase. Farewell. May Herod's name be written in the book of life. Fools! May their own prophecies choke them. But there is danger, very grave danger, no matter. Old as he is, Herod will ride out this storm, too. Let me think. To seize the child, that's the first step. To kill him straight away, that's the simplest. But if only we can implicate all the rebels, tempt them to show their hand, then strike and clear out the whole hornet's nest at once. Yes, that is the way. That is Herod's way. If we must see that no garbled accounts reach Rome, we must write. Your Majesty needs a secretary? Yes, take your pen. I will dictate. To the divine emperor, Caesar Augustus, from Herod, king of Jewry, greeting. Scene two, Bethlehem. Sequence one, a shepherd's cottage. 
When the wise men had heard King Herod, they departed, and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. See, Lord, see, Lord, have you laid the table? Yes, mother. Then run and tell Father Joseph supper's ready. You'll find him out at the back and have a look up the road to see if your dad's coming. Yes, mother. Father Joseph, Father Joseph. Now, Mother Mary, let me take the baby and lay him in the cradle while you have your bit of supper. Come along. Lovey, aren't you a beautiful boy then? There, now, you go off to sleep like a good boy, but he's always wonderful good, ain't he? Never cries hardly at all. Happiest baby I have ever seen. He is happy in your kind home, but when he was born, he wept. Ah, they do all do that. And can you blame them, poor little things, seeing what a cruel, hard world it is they come into? Never mind. He, we, all ha, we all have our ups and downs. Here's your good man. Come along, Father Joseph. Here's a nice dish of boiled meat for you. I'm sure you need it, working so late, too. I wonder you could see what you are doing. It's a grand night. The great white star do shine well nigh as bright as the moon, right over the house, seemingly. I've mended the fence. Isn't it a real luck for us, you being such a fine carpenter and so kind, doing all these jobs about the place? Well, that's the least I can do, when you've been so generous and shared your home with us. Well, that was the least we could do. We couldn't leave you in that old stable over in the inn. We never slept easy in our beds, knowing there was a mother and baby without no proper roof to their heads, especially after what Dad told us about seeing them, their angels, and the little boy being the blessed Messiah and all. There, Mother Mary, you take and eat that. It'll do you good. Do you think it's really true about them being the promised Savior is to bring back the kingdom to Israel? I know it's true. How proud you must feel. Don't, don't it seem strange now when you look at him and think about it? Sometimes. Very strange. I feel as though I were holding the whole world in my arms. The sky and the sea and the green earth and all the seraphim. And then again, everything becomes quite simple and familiar. And I know that he is just my own dear son. If he grew up to be wiser than Moses, holier than Aaron, or more splendid than Solomon, that would still be true. He will always be my baby, my sweet Jesus, whom I love. Nothing can ever change that. No more it can't, and the queen on her throne can't say no different. Well, all said and done, children are a great blessing. What's gone with Zillow? I wonder. I hope he ain't run off too far. There might be wolves about. Hark! Oh, mother, brother. What's up now? Hello, my lass. What's the matter? They're coming here. They're coming here. Dad's bringing them. What's coming, for goodness sake? Kings. Three great kings riding horseback. They're coming to see the baby. Kings? Don't talk so soft. Kings indeed. But they are. They've got crowns on their heads and rings on their fingers and servants carrying torches. And they asked Dad, is this where the baby is? And he said yes. And I was to run ahead to say they were coming. She's quite right. I can see them from the window just turning the corner by the palm trees. Bless me and supper not cleared away and everything upside down. Here, Mother, let me take your plate. That's better. Zelo, look in the dresser drawer and find a clean bib for baby Jesus. Here you are, Mom. One of the kings is a very old gentleman with a long beard and a beautiful scarlet cloak. And the second's all in glittering armor. Ooh. And the third's a black man with big gold rings in his ears and the jewels in his turban twinkling like the stars. 
and his horse as white as milk, with silver bells on the bridle. Fancy, and all to do honor to our baby. Take heart, Mary. It's all coming true as the prophet said. The nation shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Give me my son into my arms. To be sure, he'll set on your knee so brave as a king on his golden throne. Look at him now, the precious lamb. Mercy me, here they are. Is this the house? Aye, sir, this is the house. Pray go in, and you'll find the child Jesus with his mother. Come in, my lords, come in. Please, mind your heads. I fear tis but a poor, lowly place. No place is too lowly to kneel in. There is more holiness here than in King Herod's temple. More beauty here than in King Herod's palace. More charity here than in King Herod's heart. O lady, clear as the sun, fair as the moon. The nations of the earth salute your son, the man born to be king. Hail, Jesus, King of the Jews. Hail, Jesus, King of the world. Hail, Jesus, King of heaven. All All hail. God bless you, wise old man, and you, tall warrior, and you, dark traveler from desert lands. You come in a strange way and with a strange message, but that God sent you, I am sure, for you and his angels speak with one voice. King of the Jews, why, yes, they told me that my son should be the Messiah of Israel. King of the world, that is a very great title. Yet when he was born, they proclaimed tidings of joy to all nations. King of heaven, I don't quite understand that. And yet indeed, they said that he should be called the Son of God. You are great and learned men, and I'm a very simple woman. What can I say to you, till the time comes when my son can answer for himself? Alas, the more we know, the less we understand life. Doubts make us afraid to act, and much learning dries the heart. And the riddle that torments the world is this. Shall wisdom and love live together at last, when the promised kingdom comes? We are rulers, and we see that what men need most is good government, with freedom and order. But order puts fetters on freedom, and freedom rebels against order, so that love and power are always at war together. And the riddle that most torments the world is this. Shall power and love dwell together at last, when the promised kingdom comes? I speak for a sorrowful people, for the ignorant and the poor. We rise up to labor and lie down to sleep, and night is only a pause between one burden and another. Fear is our daily companion, the fear of want, the fear of war, the fear of cruel death, and of still more cruel life. But all this we could bear if we knew that we did not suffer in vain, that God was beside us in the struggle, sharing the miseries of his own world. For the riddle that torments the world is this, shall sorrow and love be reconciled at last when the promised kingdom comes? These are very difficult questions, but with me you see it is like this. When the angel's message came to me, the Lord put a song into my heart. I suddenly saw that wealth and cleverness were nothing to God. No one is too unimportant to be his friend. That was the thought that came to me because of the thing that happened to me. I am quite humbly born, yet the power of God came upon me. Very foolish and unlearned, yet the word of God was spoken to me. 
and I was in deep distress when my baby was born and filled my life with love. So I know very well that wisdom and power and sorrow can live together with love. And for me, the child in my arms is the answer to all the riddles. You have spoken a wise word, Mary. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is Jesus, your son. Casper, king of Chaldea, salutes the king of the Jews with the gift of frankincense. O Mary, you have spoken a word of power. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is Jesus, your son. Melchior, king of Pamphylia, salutes the king of the world with the gift of gold. You have spoken a loving word, Mary, mother of God. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is Jesus, your son. Balthazar, king of Ethiopia, salutes the king of heaven with the gift of myrrh and spices. Oh, look at the great gold crown. Look at the censer, all shining with rubies and diamonds, and the blue smoke curling up. How sweet it smells, and the myrrh and aloes, the sweet cloves and the cinnamon. Isn't it lovely? And all for our little Jesus. Let's see which of his presents he likes best. Come, baby, smile at the pretty crown. Oh, what a solemn, old-fashioned look he gives it. He's laughing at the censer. He likes the tinkling of the silver chains. He has stretched out his little hand and grasped a bundle of myrrh. Well, there now. You never can tell what they'll take a fancy to. Do they not embalm the dead with myrrh? See now, you sorrowful king. My son has taken your sorrows for his own. Myrrh is for love also. As Solomon writes in his song, A bundle of myrrh is my beloved unto me. My lords, we are very grateful to you for all your gifts. And as for the words you have said, be sure that I shall keep all these things and ponder them in my heart. Welcome to Frank Fryer Fridays. I have a very special treat for you today. Maybe some of you have been listening on Christmas Day. The student brothers here at uh, St. Dominic Priory in St. Louis have uh, taken part in uh, this special broadcast. We're doing the first couple scenes of Dorothy Sayers, The Man Born to be King. Some of you may know Dorothy Sayers as a mystery writer. She wrote the very popular Lord Peter Whimsey novels. And certainly she is a very famous writer in England and beyond, and also a very devout Catholic. And she wrote this as a series of uh, radio plays, this uh, The Man Born to be King. And we are going to do the just first couple of scenes. She did this over many weeks, I think. It's, it's quite a long treatment of the entire life of Jesus Christ as a, as a radio play. So I want to thank all of the brothers that have participated in this. The narrator and what's called the evangelist is uh, De Porres and Herod the Great, Jacob. Uh, I play uh, Elpis, the Queen Herod. Ephraim uh, was our brother Greg. And uh, Proclus is uh, Joseph uh, Culligan, Cullen. Uh, the slave boy is Augustine, the court physician. And high priest is uh, Brother Carlos. Zorastes, the chief astrologer, is our other brother Joseph. Secretary is uh, Sam. 
the three kings, Caspar is uh, Jordan, Melchior, Andres, Balthazar, Peter. Mary is played brilliantly by uh, Matthew Paul. Joseph, husband to Mary, is played by her brother Joseph, appropriately. The shepherd is Augustine. Uh, Zillow, the son of the shepherd, is our brother Sam. A messenger is Greg. And, oh, and I play the shepherd's wife as well. So I hope you enjoy this. It was certainly a lot of fun doing it for you all. God bless you and have a blessed and happy Christmas and a wonderful new year.